Hello and welcome to the Horizon Church podcast. We exist to see lives transformed through Jesus and are located in the heart of Surrey, BC, Canada. To find out more, visit us at horizonchurch.ca. We hope this message blesses and inspires you. Funny story, I actually last night had a dream that it was Sunday morning, I was getting ready to preach, and all of a sudden Craig was avoiding me. And at the last minute, he got up and he started preaching. This is a true story. Last night, that was my dream, and I was so angry at him. He, wouldn't, he didn't tell me. He wouldn't face me. He just felt like, you know what, I think I got a better message this morning. And I was so upset with him when I woke up this morning. And then now I was thinking, okay, here we go. <laughs> it was a self-fulfilling dream. But thank you for joining us this morning online, on demand. This is my first time preaching since COVID hit. And I was really hoping to be preaching to actual people in the, in the room this morning. I got a few people. My husband's here. We got the worship team. Thank you, worship team. We are so incredibly blessed. Can you just like put some clapping emojis on the feed? Like we're so blessed. They have been so flexible. They have just adapted and adjusted so many times. So thank you for leading us this morning. Also just wanted to thank Pastor Daniel and the staff and the team that did those great videos and the gifts for Pastor Craig and I. If you saw us up here, you could probably tell we're super uncomfortable in situations like that. We just feel awkward but we also felt so honored and blessed. So thank you everyone for putting that together. It was a great pastor's appreciation celebration. Now, we've been talking for the last couple weeks about following Jesus, and I'm gonna finish out that series today. Pastor Craig talked about um, following Jesus, and in following him, there's the moments of waiting, there's the moments of moving, and there's the moments of encountering. And when Pastor Craig, he did a great job, you could always go back and watch it online, talking about Simeon, and he literally waited his whole life for the promise that God had given him. But man, what the joy he experienced when he actually saw the promise fulfilled and his waiting was realized. Pastor Daniel did a great job a couple weeks ago talking about moving those miss, little miss opportunities, but moving when God calls us to move and how powerful that is. I love how Pastor Daniel said a couple weeks ago when he was speaking that literally everything that we knew about following Jesus changed in a moment. March 13th, 2020. We were on a plane on the way home from Denver and we were getting ready to step into this new thing called self-quarantine. And everything of how we knew how to experience and how to encounter Jesus was gone and changed in a moment. And we had to adapt. I know for me, worship is where I connect so quickly and so easily with the Lord. In those moments of worship, that's when I can encounter Jesus so powerfully. And in a moment it was gone, it changed. And so each one of us has had to find new ways and forge new ground in how we actually encounter Jesus on a daily basis, on a weekly basis. And you know, some of the changes that have happened have actually been good. But they're not, they're not easy. It's definitely not been easy. But as we've had to discover new ways of encountering Jesus, um, we just wanted to highlight that this morning with how to follow him. And I love how Naomi said in prayer this morning, talking about expectation. Because expectation is key in how we encounter Jesus. 
You know, for me, I'm a person with high expectations. One of, you know, when you take those tests and it tells you your spiritual giftings, one of my highest ones is actually faith. So it kind of corresponds that I enter everything with high expectations. There's people in my home that will say often, well, I would rather come with low expectations because then I'm, I'm happy every time. I'm never disappointed. And something about that has always just rubbed me the wrong way. And I just decided that, you know what, I'm choosing not to live that way. I would rather enter every experience with a high expectation of what's going to happen and how great it's going to be. And maybe I get disappointed occasionally. But I still have those moments where my expectations are met or are beyond met. And the joy that you get to experience in those moments is great. Unfortunately, when you choose to enter things with high expectations, sometimes you're disappointed. And, you know, for me, this happened last Christmas. If you've been around for very long, you've also heard Pastor Craig talk about at Christmas time, he wants a list. Give him a list of four or five items that you want, and he's happy to have those and choose from the list. But last Christmas, there was only one thing I wanted. Just one thing. It was a little more expensive. So I thought I was actually helping him. I just put one thing on my list. I had high expectations that that one item was going to be under the tree for me. And then Christmas came. And all of a sudden, because we usually, like, someone digs the gifts out from under the tree and piles them up around each person. And I started looking. I'm like, oh, my goodness, there's so many gifts around me. Like, what is going on? And I started opening them. And my husband had gone crazy and bought all me these things. But it was nothing that was on my list. Remember, there was one item on the list. That was not in any of the boxes. I'm like, oh, thank you for another dress, honey, that I didn't ask for. And see, the other problem with me is that, unfortunately, my inside voice shows on my outside face often. And as the morning went along, I'm trying not to be disappointed. I'm trying not to be, you know, show on my outside face, oh, great, another bathing suit that's probably not going to fit. Where's the one thing that I asked for? And... We got to like close to the end, and at this point, I'm adding up in my head. I'm like, there is no way that he got that one thing, because I'm doing the math on what he's already spent, and it's probably not going to happen. And so then I'm trying to process, and uh, let's be honest, everyone in the room knew that I was disappointed. And my husband's saying right now, yeah, that was just your bad attitude, <laughs> your ungratefulness. And yeah, it probably was. I was trying my best, so I was really trying my best. And you know what? In, in the end, my husband just had gone crazy last year, and I did get the one thing. So thank you, Jesus. Well done, honey. Well done. But you know, when you have low expectations, it actually eventually becomes negativity. And if you dwell with the negativity long enough... Because if you're not expecting much, then you're not going to be disappointed, but you're not going to be very hopeful. And then all of a sudden, it's like, well, why should I even bother doing anything or extending myself in my life or what's going on around me? Because you just kind of become um, just, you don't engage anymore because you're like, what's the point? There's, there's nothing to hope for. There's nothing to be excited about. And eventually, it can come down, you become hopeless. And you begin looking at life through that lens of hopelessness. 
And I want to encourage us this morning that if we will raise our expectations and put our expectation on the right thing, because my expectation for Christmas had nothing to do with appropriate expectations. Amen incoming from the peanut gallery. But when our expectation is actually on the right thing, on Jesus, we will never be disappointed. And actually, he will never let us down. And in fact, he will actually do more than we could ever think or imagine. So we can actually expect big things when we're looking and we're thinking about Jesus. This morning, we're going to base our, uh, the message in John chapter 2, verses 1 to 10. And if you're not familiar with it, this is actually the recording of the first miracle that Jesus did publicly. It's the story of the wedding in Cana and the, the wine ran out. So let's just go ahead and read John chapter 2, verses 1 to 10, starting in verse 2. Now on the third day, there was a wedding feast in the Galilean village of Cana. And the mother of Jesus was there. Jesus and the disciples were all invited to the banquet. But with so many guests in attendance, they ran out of wine. Some of you just tuned out right there. And when Mary realized it, she came to him and asked, they have no wine. Can't you do something? Jesus replied, my dear one, don't you understand that if I do this, it won't change anything for you, but it changes everything for me. I love this next part. Like a typical mom, Mary knew Jesus was going to do what she asked, and she just continues on before he even answers. Mary then went to the servers and she told them, whatever Jesus tells you, make sure you do it. Now there were six stone water pots standing nearby. They were meant to be used for the Jewish washing rituals. Each one held about 20 gallons or more. Jesus came to the servers and told them, fill the pots with water right up to the brim. Then he said, now fill your pictures and take them to the master of ceremonies. And then they poured out their pictures for the master of ceremonies to sample. The water became wine. When he tasted the water that had become wine, the master of ceremonies was so impressed. Although he didn't know where the wine had come from, but the servers knew. He called the bridegroom over and said to him, every host serves his best wine first until everyone has had a cup or two. So then they're not going to notice. And then he serves the poor quality wine. But you, my friend, you've reserved the most exquisite wine until now. And you know, in our Western culture, we don't often grasp some of the deeper meanings and undertones of a story. This is not just a story about um, a celebration that was headed for the rails and Jesus stepped in. You see, they ran out of wine. And in this culture, that was a massive, major social mistake. See, this would have shamed the couple and because they lived in such close-knit communities, everyone knew everybody's name, everybody knew everybody's business, the shame would have actually followed that couple for a very long time. The Jewish culture has so many celebrations and, and things and parties that they want to celebrate the goodness of God, but weddings were one of the biggest feasts. So this would have been a massive cloud that would have hovered over this couple. 
Additionally, rabbis of the day considered wine to be a symbol of joy. So therefore, what could have been communicated is that the, basically neither the guests nor the bride and groom were happy or joyful. And again, that would have followed that couple for the rest of their days. See, this is not just a story about a wedding. It's actually about an amazing encounter that Mary had with Jesus. Because you see, most theologians suspect by this time, as Joseph has not mes- uh, mentioned, that he'd probably passed away quite a few years earlier. And in that place, in that culture, Jesus would have stepped in and he would have taken care of the family. He would have been the provider. He would have looked after Mary and the family. So Mary knew his character. Mary knew and had an expectation of who Jesus was and the ability that he was going to be able to walk into. You know, Jesus had never, he'd not done any miracles to this point. For us, we have the rest of the Bible and we know the amazing things that Jesus went on to do, ultimately giving his life for us and sacrificing for us. Mary was drawing solely on the fact that she had encountered and spent time and knew who Jesus was. She followed him so closely. She knew that asking the impossible in this situation was actually not impossible. And because of that, she wasn't afraid to ask. It was challenging. It was embarrassing. It was an impossible situation. But Mary boldly went and asked Jesus to make the matter right. And you know, if he was able to turn the water into wine... I'm sure he could have changed it into any brand or flavor he wanted. I'm not a wine connoisseur, but it says that it was the best wine possible. And that also speaks to the character of God, that he's not about just making something good enough to get by. He actually wants to do more than we could think or imagine and take it over the top in the best way possible. But maybe this morning you relate a little more closely to those empty clay pots feeling like you've got nothing to bring to change the situation around you. Maybe you feel completely challenged, disappointed, hopeless in being able to bring change or positive effect to what's going on in your life. Maybe your family or your marriage this morning is struggling. Like was mentioned during prayer, we've got some families that are walking through grief and loss in this moment. And I can only imagine that on their own, they know there's no way that they're going to make it through this without a lot of difficulty. Maybe that's you today. Maybe your health is not what it should be and you're really struggling in that this morning. And you feel like that empty clay jar that's got nothing to bring to the situation. But you see, where we see only empty jars, God sees possibility for miracles. On our own, we can't change what's there. But like those empty vessels, when they encountered Jesus, water became wine. The impossible suddenly became possible. Can I encourage you this morning that I want you to begin to let go of that hopelessness and begin to look to Jesus and invite him in to 
Come and fill those empty vessels. And as you encounter him, he will come and do the impossible where all you can see. He will do the possible where all you can see is the impossible this morning. Because you see, with Jesus, it's about transform transformation. It's about transforming us. We may come to him as a broken mess with nothing to offer, an empty clay jar, but as we encounter him and follow him in relationship, all of a sudden things change. See, as we follow him, it's about shaping our character to be more like his instead of marked by sin. As we follow him, it's about transforming our relationships that we have no ability to fix on our own. As we follow him, it's about breaking that cycle of shame and rejection that we've tried so hard to get out of on our own. And as we follow him, it's about opening new and fresh possibilities. Let's not settle for mediocrity Let's stretch ourselves and expect to meet and encounter the God of the impossible just as Mary was expecting. You know, but if our expectations are in the wrong place or on the wrong things like mine were at Christmas time, then we're in for disappointment. Because you see, we often have a lot of different things we put our expectations in. Sometimes our expectations are in the government as Pastor Craig mentioned this morning. But can I tell you, governments change. People change. Governments will always disappoint you. They are not going to look after you. If our expectation is in our finances, if I just have enough money, I'll be happy, or I can take care of anything. But finances can disappear in a moment. If our expectation is on our relationships and the people in our lives, I'm sorry to tell you this, but no matter how amazing the people are around you, at some point, whether they mean to or not, they will let you down. And if that's where your expectation is for your happiness, your wholeness, for life to succeed, then you are setting yourself up for disappointment. Sometimes our expectation can be in our own wisdom. You know what? I know there's a lot of incredibly intelligent people out there. But unfortunately, we can all be deceived. We can all begin to listen to lies. And even our own thoughts can lead us to places of unhealth. We have to place our expectation on the one who will never let us down. And that's Jesus. See, low expectations actually keep us from living life to the fullest. It keeps us from taking those steps of faith, like praying for someone that maybe it's a random person that you're just overhearing a conversation or a coworker that you know is struggling. If you have a low expectation of, of faith and of Jesus, you're probably not going to take a step of faith and go and reach out and pray for that person. If you have a low expectation, then you may not be willing to um, give sacrificially, being prepared for Legacy Sunday, as Pastor Craig was talking about. You knew your heart was touched when you heard what God was doing, but if you've got a low expectation, you're not going to take that step of faith. See, our expectations of Jesus actually affect our ability to encounter him. If I expect that Jesus is only about discipline, 
then I will constantly be waiting for, for punishment, for the, act, for the hammer to fall, for difficulties to come my way. I'm not going to be looking at Jesus in a healthy way. See, if my expectation is that God doesn't hear my prayers, then how likely am I to pray and open my heart and expose my, my needs to someone else if I don't trust that God actually listens to what I'm saying? If I don't expect that Jesus cares about me and my future, then how likely am I to consult with the Lord and ask his opinion on what would be the next steps or the decision that I need help with? If I expect rejection from Jesus, then I'm not going to open my heart to him. I'm not going to be vulnerable. I'm not going to invite him into those painful places that I don't let anyone else see. You see, our expectation will define our experience. And I don't want our past experiences to continue to define us and define our relationship with the Lord. So we need to begin to look at Jesus and put our expectations on him and on his character. It says in Jeremiah 29, 11, one of my favorite verses, his plans for me are good. Can I tell you this morning, his plans for you are good good and not only are they good but he has plans for you so we need to get into relationship with him we need to draw close to him because as we put our expectation on the God who is alive and sees us and hears us we will begin to understand and be able to walk out those good things that he already has in store for us and they're not just good things they're big things more than we could ever ask, think, or imagine. John chapter 17, verse 3. Eternal life means to know and experience you as the one true God. Encountering, basically, it means meeting him face to face. It means coming into contact with him. It means he crossed our path, that he bumped into us during our day, that he's that close to us, that we are following him so closely, kind of like when you're in a small kitchen and you turn around and you bump into your husband that you didn't know was there because he's that close to you. That's what Jesus is looking for, that we would encounter him, we would bump into him throughout our day. So how do we do that? How do we accomplish encountering Jesus as we follow him? Craig, can you bring me my water, please? Number one, we need to invite him in. Going back to John chapter 2. Mary went and asked Jesus. Can I encourage you this morning? It's time to begin to ask Jesus to invite him into your situations. Maybe you need to pray and ask the Lord to open your eyes to what is even possible. Just pray and begin to invite him into the situation and ask him for the ability to believe for more. If you constantly have low expectations, invite God into them and say, God, I don't even know how to hope for or believe for more. Would you come and would you show me? Jesus himself said in Matthew 7, verses 7 to 8, Ask, and the gift is yours. 
Seek and you'll discover. Knock and the door will be open to you. For every persistent one will get what he asks for. Every persistent seeker will discover what he longs for. And everyone who knocks persistently will one day see the door opened. We need to become persistent in pursuing and following Jesus. Number two, we need to recognize and release disappointment. Maybe all you can see right now in your life are those empty jars. Or maybe your jar is filled with stuff that you've been pushing down and pretending isn't there or affecting you right now. It's time to begin to recognize the things that have affected our life, the hurts, the pains, the disappointments. It's time to dump those jars out. Maybe you've got, you know, it talks, I talked about earlier about the wine was a representative of joy. And if you're not feeling any joy this morning, maybe it's because it's buried under a bunch of stuff. So let's dump out that stuff so that we can encounter the joy that God always intended us to walk with. So the first part of that is recognizing the disappointments. And then the next part of that is we can't hang on to them. We have to let them go. And if you're not able to pray through and release and let go your disappointments this morning, and I know I'm running out of time, but I, I want you to hear this this morning, that there are ways and people that are ready to help you walk through those disappointments. It was mentioned earlier, you can email prayer at horizonchurch.ca and you can ask for prayer. It's confidential if you want it, but if you want someone to actually pray with you, we have a prayer team that would love to step in and pray with you and for you through some of those disappointments. Go for counseling, go to set free, go to a pastor, go to a friend, do all of the above so that you can get rid of that disappointment empty out the jar, and then expect that God's going to begin to fill it with the joy of the Holy Spirit so that you can move on and move into all that God has for you. For me, I had huge rejection issues. My dad left our family when I was around 11 or 12 years old, and you've probably heard me tell this story many times before, but it was a very painful moment that affected the next 10 or 20 years of my life. But can I tell you, when I was willing to open my heart up to the Lord and to go to that altar for prayer, to get in the presence of Jesus, there were multiple times throughout the years where I'd get my husband to pray for me, my pastor to pray for me, and each time I was able to release and let go a little bit more. And he did it for me, God will do it for you. And because I was willing to do that, my expectation of how God could use me and move through me began to rise. Can I tell you that the person that I was 20 years ago, I am not anymore. I was scared. I didn't know how to function in the gifts God had given me. But I just want to share a quick story just came to mind. A few weeks ago, Pastor Craig and I did a, a marriage thing via Zoom for about 300 couples in Colombia. At the end of the message, we just wanted to pray, and, and we were praying for people, and 
one of the things that God's been encouraging me to step into, and it's so scary, but because my expectation is not on me and my abilities, but it's on God who's going to flow through me and move through me, I took a step of faith, and I actually don't even remember this, but as I was praying, I felt like God wanted to heal somebody who was having issues with their vision. Two weeks later, I'm getting ready to do a ladies' conference in Colombia with some of the same people via Zoom. This woman, they share a testimony of a woman who was watching on the couple's retreat. And she shares this testimony that for a month, she'd been losing vision in her eyes. Her peripheral vision was gradually shrinking. They didn't know what was going on, if it was neurological, if it had to do with her eyes. But she said, Shanda, when you prayed, something shifted inside me. She said, all of a sudden, my sight returned. Thank you, God. And that's not about me. That is about Jesus speaking in a moment to somebody who had allowed their vessel to be filled with Holy Spirit. And I was willing to take that bold step even though my knees were shaking. And if God did it for me, he will do it for you. The last one, family, we need to raise our expectation. Mary expected that Jesus would do the impossible. And I want to encourage you today, begin to hope and pray for what you previously thought was impossible. In John 2, Jesus didn't just add something nice to the water to make it palatable. He transformed it into something completely different and of absolute value. As we close this morning, are you willing this morning to bring him your empty vessel? Maybe it's stuffed with stuff right now, but maybe you're willing this morning to take that first step of faith and say, Lord, I got some stuff I need to deal with. I have some things that I need to let go of. Can I encourage you? Take that step. Invite him in. Don't try and fix everything all at once. Start at the top and just begin to step out. I just want to pray for you this morning. First of all, if you're watching this morning online or on demand, if you don't know Jesus that way, if you're not currently following him, it's as easy as A, B, C. This morning, you just need to acknowledge that he is God, that he is the leader of your life. Then you need to believe. Believe that Jesus was crucified for you, for your sins. He was resurrected and raised back to life. And then just confess wherever you are right now in this moment, God, I am a sinner, but I want my life to change. I want to live a life full of expectation. Can I encourage you that if you make that choice this morning to make Jesus the leader of your life and invite him into your heart, can you email us at prayer at horizonchurch.ca or tell someone that invited you to watch this this morning? Just invite him in and tell somebody about that amazing decision that you've made. And then this morning, I'm just going to pray quickly for those of us that have disappointment that we need to bring to Jesus. And then I'm going to pray for a fresh encounter for each one of us. Just close your eyes with me right now. And in the quietness of this moment, if there's disappointments and hurts and broken expectations, just begin to allow those to come into your mind. 
Father God, I thank you for each and every person that's watching this morning, whenever they're tuning in. Lord, that as those, those moments of disappointment and brokenness and emptiness and hopelessness, Father, as they think of those moments and those situations, Lord, I thank you that you are going right now into each and every home, each and every individual, each and every family. God, that you are powerfully moving on our behalf and in our situations. And Lord, I pray that you would open the eyes of every individual that's listening right now. Lord, where their expectation may have been hopeless. God, that you would shift it to the God of the impossible that we all serve. Lord, I thank you that even right now in this moment that you are shifting things, that you are doing more than they could ever think or imagine, that you are wiping away the brokenness in a moment, and Lord, that you are transforming that water into wine in their lives right now in the name of Jesus. And Father, I pray that you would come, that, you would, that each one of us would encounter you afresh. Lord, that you would fill us afresh. Lord, that you would help us to shake off the weariness of the last season that we've been in, of the, uh, the not being able to plan more than a day ahead because things could change in a moment and living our life kind of just going around in circles right now. Lord, I thank you that in this moment you are bringing a new hope for people that you are shifting their hearts, that you are refreshing them with your Holy Spirit in this moment. And as they are refreshed by you, a new power, a new boldness, and a new confidence is coming upon each one to allow them to shift their expectations to you so they can take those bold steps of faith. God, I thank you for our Horizon family, near and far, wherever they're tuning in from right now. Lord, that your hand of blessing is upon them. Lord, that you desire to do more than they could ever think or imagine. So thank you for your blessing and your refreshing in this moment. In Jesus' name, amen. We hope you enjoyed this message from Horizon Church. To find your next step, visit horizonfam.ca. Have a great week.